Are Papa John's receipts racist? Venezuela and Iran joke about attacking us. Is the thong dead? Jesus is following Justin Bieber. Preacher has sex on church roof. Tuna sells for almost a million dollars. The White House falls down the rabbit hole. Who wants to be a fake millionaire? And Santorum wishes he didn't say black people. All this and more during the Last Week on Earth with Bendley. Do not be driven by fear into an age of unreason. Oh my God, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. Did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say, don't be economic girly man. Can you'll never have to pour or measure detergent again. Can we, can we all get along? Karen, our film at 11. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no five. One. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Do not be economic girly men. You guys, I'm telling you. I've been trying to tell you every week. Economies crumble when you are girlishly a man about them. Don't be girlishly a man about the economy. Be manly about the economy. Even if you don't have money, just be manly. Just throw your change around. Make it ring with nickels. That's what you have to do to keep your man on, to keep your manhood strong, uh, country strong. You know what I'm saying? Make sure that you uh, spend. Spend like the wind. If wind had a bank account, which it doesn't because it's very hard to keep track of of you know the wind and then also hard for id verification that's difficult um welcome to last week on earth everybody i'm ben glebe i am your host and navigator through the winds of time i don't even mean anything really but if you think about it you could probably come up with a, a, a meaning for it and then let me know which is an unusual way for someone to speak is to speak without meaning and then have the people he's speaking to let th- let him know what it means. It's backwards of how it's done, but I'm trying to be an innovator. Uh, the show this week is brought to you by the Olsen Twins. Even we don't know which is which. But we do know we look like strange, sad, skinny little ducks. It's a wonderful sponsor this week. We're very proud to have both Mary Kay and Ashley getting throwing their their inconsiderable weight behind the show. So that's really nice to know. Um, it's been a great week this last week. Interesting with world events, um, with things in, in our nation. But I like to begin with a personal story. Um, I had a bit of a battle this week. Not a battle, but a struggle. Uh, the same, same meaning about whether I was going to take a gig or not. I was offered to host the porn awards, the XBiz awards, the biggest competitor to the AVNs. And I was asked to be the host, and I ended up taking the gig. I had reservations at first to really want to host a porn award show. I'm not a porn star. I don't work in that business. Um, though my sexual exploits are legendary, um, do I want you know to announce that on stage? And I decided I am going to take the gig. I'm hosting it tonight, actually, um, because 
I think our society is very hypocritical that the porn industry is the biggest industry in our economy, in our country, and no one talks about it. Everyone looks at it. Everyone enjoys it. Nobody talks about it. And I felt like that hypocrisy should end. Plus, they're paying me. Those two reasons are why I needed to step up um, for my country. Emphasis on the first syllable of that word. Um, and do what I could do to do the do and help out. That sentence was sponsored by Mountain Dew. It wasn't. It wasn't. But, you know, so I started reflecting on porn and its influence in my life. And I remembered the first time I ever saw a porn movie. And I'll share it with you. I'm sure it's a similar experience to what you all had. I was at my friend David Chan's house, sixth grade, maybe fifth grade. I should probably change his name to protect his, his anonymity. His name was not David Chan. It was Freddie, non-Asian guy. And we were hanging out. And, was, you know, our hangout had to come to an end. And um, uh, I called my mom, pick me up. And the phone's ringing. And I see David putting in a VHS tape into the uh, VHS player, which is an old way that people used to watch things. And suddenly I see a naked woman bent over a desk. Or something, bent over a credenza maybe. And this man, who's also naked, I didn't appreciate that part, but enters the frame, starts walking towards her. And mom, just pick up the phone at that point. She's like, hello, Benny. I'm like, mom, I got to call you back. Got to go. Hung up the phone and enjoyed this film for a while. And I remember watching this man go to town um, uh, with this woman. Well, without moving anywhere. They went to town while staying in the same place. It was almost like time travel. And I watched this beauty unravel before me, this uh, 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 occur before my eyes. And I thought to myself, you know, everybody has in their lives certain moments where you realize what you want to do with your life. And I saw that and I thought, I want to do that one day. I'm going to do that one day. And uh, good news, happy ending to that story. I did. I have done that in my life uh, three or five times in my life. Um, and I thought about the porn industry, the people who work in the porn industry, um, they had that same moment, slightly different, but they must have had a friend pop in a VHS tape and they see two people having sexual intercourse style relations with each other. And they thought, I want to do that one day. But they meant it more literally. They want to be in the movie. They wanted to be the person being filmed doing that. And some people that work behind the scenes in the industry have a friend popped in the VHS tape and they thought, ooh, great lighting. That is beautiful lighting. Or I could frame that shot so much better. This guy's a rank amateur. And a love of filmmaking was born. So I uh, am embracing it and I'm excited about the award show. I've been doing research the last few nights. Um, a lot of porn research the last few nights. A little sore, but I'm ready to do this, guys. Um, I have no guest today, by the way, on Last Week on Earth. No guest at all. Um, had a big guest booked, and he had a very busy day, and he said, you mind if I reschedule? And I said, listen, motherfucker. And I said, yeah, do it. You know why? Because I plan from the beginning on hosting these occasionally by myself. They'll be shorter. When I do it by myself, I'm not going to be two-hour marathons. They'll be shorter. I'm going to aim for under an hour. But you'll see the running time, and you'll tell me. But... um the real purpose of doing this show for me was to have a discussion every week about all of the insane events happening on this planet. News, pop culture, weird, random shit, politics, and um, 
So I will often have celebrity guests here who are interesting, smart, funny people. I want to see their perspective on it and talk about their lives a little bit. But also, to be honest, sometimes I won't have guests here because I record these in my apartment. And sometimes it gets too messy to have people over. That's just straight up. Now tell me, do you really want to love me forever, to quote Paul Abdul? And I just did. Okay? So um, I'll usually have guests, but not always. We're going to do it solo sometimes. And also, with regards to politics, some people have written me, it's like, I don't like politics. Here's the reason why I want to cover politics each week. I used to think the same politics was over my head. It was too smart for me. I didn't give a shit about it. And then I realized roughly around the time George Bush took office, actually politics is way dumber than all of us. The politicians are stupid people. They don't know how to lead. And it really is just a, a fascinating drama constantly playing out. It's like a reality show with consequences. It's like keeping up with the Kardashians with real world consequences. These idiots really have no idea what they're doing. They're starting wars, and 10 years later, the war ends, and they're like, are we any better off? We're not. Shit. Let's start another war. Back to drugs. Like it's free. Like it's extra bonus lives in a video game, which it is not. You do not get bonus lives in real life. I've learned this the hard way. Killed my cat when I was young. Motherfucker didn't come back. I was promised nine lives by his cat food, and I did not. I currently have a false advertisement lawsuit going against the nine lives people because you don't say nine lives then you murder your cat and then oh now it's on me now it's on me because i'm a cat murderer don't write nine lives the fucking cat food that shit cray that's the phrase of the year by the way that shit cray it's a hell of a phrase um let's start the stories huh let's get moving is the thong dead it's a question posed by Cosmo Magazine this week in their February issue because they can see into the future. I always love a magazine seeing into the future like that. It freaks me out a little bit. I get a magazine. February? What day is it? How is this possible? Marty, get in the flux capacitor. You can't get in the flux capacitor. It's just that little light thing. But you understand the point. I'm dangling off the clock tower. Damn that kid. Where's that kid? I don't know, that's heavy, Doc. Heavy, there's that word again. There's something wrong with the Earth's Earth's gravitational pull in 1985. He said in the 50s. You know, anyway. Uh, Cosmo says the thong is over. Um, The barely there underwear we've come to know and love that Cisco made infamous in his famous thong song. Um, They say it's done, it's lost, it's aura of sexiness. Um... A lot of girls these days preferring boy shorts. At first, I was weird about that because I felt like, aren't those for boys? Then I get what they mean. They're lacy, cute girl boy shorts. I'm torn. I probably prefer boy shorts. Thongs are hot, though. You know, there's 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 pros and cons. You know, one pro for a thong. No panty lines. One con. It's all up in there. You know? It's a little gross, kind of. Another pro. She's wearing it. You pretty much get to see a girl's ass at the beach. It's like a free ass shot. Oh, yeah, great bathing suit you have, quote-unquote, where I see 100% of your ass. Another negative, boy shorts leave more up to the imagination. You don't really get to wonder as much with the thong. I'd like to hear your views on this. Text me. not Don't text me. Unless you have my number, then do. But if you don't, Twitter me. Hashtag last week on earth, at Ben Glebe. Should the thong continue? Or should it be put out of its squeezed-up-the-ass misery? You let me know. We'll talk about it maybe again next week. Alice and Wonderland party at the White House. That happened. Uh, a new book came out called The Obamas by a New York Times correspondent named Jody Cantor. And um, she told a story that was hidden from the media 
at the first Halloween party in the Obama White House, 2009, they threw a Alice in Wonderland theme party designed and decorated by Tim Burton himself. So elaborate of a party that George Lucas sent the original Chewbacca in costume to mingle with the invited guests. First of all, that makes no sense because Chewbacca is not in Alice in Wonderland. He's a Star Wars character. So I feel like that's just wrong right off the bat. But also, this is at a time when the Tea Party was blowing up and getting all upset about everything. Voters were very upset about the lagging economy. 10% unemployment is the high mark that we hit. Bank bailouts were underway. Obama's health care plan was was being fought through, and people were staging protests about it. And in the face of all of that, the Obamas throw turn the White House into a Lewis Carroll mystery wonderland. Literally, Tim Burton designed the whole uh, the whole White House uh, state dining room into in, in his uh, creepy style of of scary death vibe. Um, and literally, no joke. Tim, uh, Johnny Depp was there presiding over the scene in full Mad Hatter costume. Stood up on the table, welcomed Sa- Sasha and Malia and all their friends. I'm sorry. If the Obamas were not on ecstasy or mushrooms during this dinner, they're making the wrong decision when they're supposed to be the people of the people. And if they were on ecstasy and mushrooms, also not cool. You're in the office a little bit. I barely have time to take mushrooms during my life as a podcast host. So I need to remain sharp. I mean, I may have failed that this week. But again, this is just audio. You can't see that I'm tripping balls wearing an Indian bone through my nose and sitting here in my own personal thong nightmare. You don't know that. I know it. I'm the only person who knows it. But the Obamas should not be doing that. That's my opinion. They should be focused. No more golf. No more transforming the White House into children's tales. It's not a time for children's tales. And also, children have to stop growing tales. That's a whole nother side point that gets ignored far too often in our nation. Our next story, because that one's too frustrating for me. Our next story, a live crocodile was found in a family's living room last week. Uh, with regard to this story, I'd like to just say... Oh, fuck no. Fuck no. No thanks. I will uh, opt out of that living room plan. This is in Australia. Um, in a town called Darwin, Australia, wildlife rangers had to help this Australian family get a five-foot, six-inch crocodile that wandered in their living room out of the fucking living room. Um, now, first of all, interesting that it's Darwin, Australia. Very Darwinistic that one of the few creatures that could prey on humans. Made it into a domesticated environment. Probably tried to take over. I'd be surprised if the the alligator cock crocodile would have you was using his little mini paws to operate the remote control. If he were, I'd let him decide what we're watching. But I have mixed feelings about gators and crocs because I have battled uh, gators myself. You can see it on my website, bengleeb.com. I have a video on the Yahoo Sports Gatorland videos. I literally sit on a uh, crocodile and I also... Uh, go face to face with a 14 foot long alligator. Who wins the battle? You gotta check the video to see, but the point is, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Uh, gators. Ghost, ghost gators, dead gators who, whose spirits are so strong they stay with us. I'm not afraid of either of those. But I'm not saying I, you know, want them in my living room. So I'm, I'm conflicted. 
the Pentagon to cut about $450 billion from the military budget um, over the next decade, over the next 10 years. Now, this is a very interesting story because this is the sacred cow of the Republican Party. They never allow even a discussion of cutting the Pentagon budget. But Obama said we got to cut it. We're broke. And more reductions are probably coming because the super committee was a super failure and couldn't agree on deficit and debt reductions by their deadlines. So we're going to have to cut even more and buy another, another $500 billion for the military over the next 10 years. But I think it's good news, to be honest. Of course I want us to be safe. We have to be safe as a nation. But we're broke as shit. We have the biggest military in the world. We have a bigger military than all other nations' military force. We have a stronger force combined than all other industrialized nations combined. That is insanity. All we're losing, the news reported this week, with this reduction in our military budgeting is the ability to launch two full ground wars at once. And I feel like that's fine. When it comes to war, don't multitask. Just, you know, have your focus on. And it says we can still spoil the aggression of another country. Just can't fight another major war. So I'm okay with that. Um, but even for a further reason, I'm okay with that because I believe strongly if we cut the military even further, we could be safer. Here's something people on the right and left, Republican and Democratic side can both agree on. If we cut, save money and be safer, shouldn't we do that? Well, yes, we should, Ben. How are we going to do that? Are you going to tell us? Obviously, I'm going to tell you. I'm about to tell you. Why are you getting angry at me? I'm going to tell you right now. Here's my theory, okay? My theory is this. If we cut our military in half, we barely had enough troops to start one war. Do you think anybody's going to fuck with us when our only line of defense is our 2,000 nuclear weapons? Uh, sorry, I'm going to job. I know you're building that uh, weapon over there. We could send in troops, try to get rid of your nuclear capabilities, uh, but got none of those left. So I got a button here that can fuck your shit up. Large core. Large core is a phrase. I'm starting. Hashtag large core. I press this button. Your shit's fucked up. I went in a job. He'd be like, bro, I'm so sorry. I was kidding, bro. It was for peaceful purposes. It's just like a giant microwave, this nuclear reactor. Hey, don't worry about it. I will uh, microwave my basmati rice, basmati yati yati rice. And he'd sing a song to try and distract them and change topics. That's what ruthless world leaders do when they get uncomfortable. So that's my belief. We're okay. We still got a huge military. Um, we can cut some more. Can mind-blowing sex cause amnesia? There was a medical nightmare scenario this week. A woman checked in at Georgetown University Hospital with a very strange situation. She couldn't recall anything from the past 24 hours. The last thing she remembered was having sex with her husband. Apparently, doctors said it's a rare condition that's called, I believe it's transient global amnesia, or TAGA for short, um, which is essentially a huge memory lapse without any lasting side effects. I personally think it would be pretty great to have sex that good that your short-term memory is totally gone. be amazing. Anyway, our next story. Can mind-blowing sex cause amnesia? A woman checked in at Georgetown University this week with a strange situation. Couldn't recall anything for the past 24 hours. Turns out her husband fucked her real good and she couldn't remember shit. So I'm glad I can be the first one to bring this story to you because 
It's an important story. You have to remember in your brains so it never happens to you. Because who wants sex that good? Other than the people that I personally will have sexual uh, conduct with, you shouldn't do it because memory is important. Our next story. Can mind-blowing sex cause amnesia? It's a joke, guys. Obviously it can. We all know that. But speaking of sex, what's the link between sex and religion? Other than when certain religions try to have sex with you. Certain religious leaders try to get all frisky-disky. What you got to do is ten Hail Marys and uh, hop on over to this side of the wood. You know what I'm saying? The divider is only a suggestion, young parishioner. Other than those times, um, what's the link? Should preachers be allowed to talk about sex? Well, Ed and Lisa Young, founders of Texas-based Fellowship Church, think you should definitely preach about sex. Ed Young preached back in 2009 to his congregation. They've now written a book, he and his wife, about this called Sex Experiment, where they told their churchgoers to have – they're married couples, fair enough, to be fair – to have sex for seven straight days. Seven straight days. Um, I'd like to play a little bit of sound right now of – what in in a CNN interview? What this preacher said? Why he said that uh, sex is so important to marriage? This is the uh, phrasing he used. I think the role of sex in a Christian marriage is the super glue that holds it together. Okay, okay, that is the wrong turn of a phrase, my friend. If you're uh, telling people to have sex, don't call it super glue, because that is oh, it is the uh, sticky white substance that holds a marriage together. And uh, um, if you really love your wife, what you want to do, you you let it dry like super glue would, and then you stick a sheet on there, and it's like you're supermanning that hoe in a religious way. You are uh, connecting through the bonds of marriage and sex juice with your wife and with the Lord. And also, if you're going to be a sex-talking preacher, don't sound like Keanu Reeves mixed with Dr. Phil. Don't sound like, also what you want to do is I'm the one. Whoa, what you want to do is fuck your wife. It's what you want to do. I'm Neo. Now get down on your knees, oh, and blow me, oh. Don't sound like that. Um, he's now also, like as if this guy weren't unconventional enough, he and his wife, uh, founders of this church, are going to be spending 24 hours on the roof of their church next week and streaming it live discussing sex. Um, on the internet to try to inspire their prisoners. Here's a sound clip where he talks about that. And we're so into this that Lisa and I are doing a bed in. We're sleeping on top of our church for 24 hours starting on Friday. And we're doing a ginormous date night for couples to show everyone, hey, it's time to put the bed back in church and God back in the bed because God is the one who thought sex up. Sex begins in heaven. Okay. Yeah. Uh, God th- thought of sex. It was his, it was totally his idea. God is the one that wants me to bang on the roof in front of all of my, uh, all of my church members. And he did claim his wife will have no hanky panky. There'll, there'll be no hanky panky up on the bed during 24 hours. But obviously if they're in bed, they're gonna be under sheets. They're under sheets, you can assume that he's at least, you know, probably tickling her pear a little bit. You can only assume she's gonna be giving him the old pray and tug. So there's probably a little sex happening there. I think it's wrong this guy preaches this. But at the same time, maybe we should stop the the blanket separation between 
church and sex. So maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's good. Maybe all preachers, rabbis should start saying like, okay, is everybody bang? You know, it's a bad impression of my rabbi. But anyway, digital music overtakes CDs. This last year just finished 2011. This is the first year in history that digital sales for music overtook physical copies. 53, 50.3%. It was the first time that there was more digital sales, um, according to Nielsen and Billboard's st- statistics. And to some of my younger listeners out there, see, these are these shiny round discs that can hold up to like an hour of music. It's pretty incredible. And on this, you need a, mach- you need a giant machine to play this giant disc. And if it gets a little scratch, yeah. You know, maybe it gets messed up and your song will sound like shit. But God, it's, you know, they're shiny and you could have little ninja frisbee discs out of them when they get messed up. You could probably slice off the head of a butterfly or a, or a, or a, you know. I mean, you'd have to really catch the butterfly mid-flight. And I'm not saying you should do it. Butterflies are beautiful. You should leave them alone. Okay. They didn't, they didn't ask for that. They didn't ask to be murdered by your music. Okay. I killed my cat once and I wasn't happy about it. Butterflies probably feel less happy because their lifespan's shorter. No one ever even says they have nine lives, so stay off the butterflies is the point of that digital music story. The Republican race is heating up before New Hampshire, everybody. Forget Sleepless in Seattle. This is heating up in Hampshire. That's the name of my romantic comedy. Um, couple updates. There have been two debates. Today, the New Hampshire primary is happening, the first official primary in the Republican race. Iowa caucuses were last week. Of course, that Romney sort of won by eight votes, but people say Centaurum won because maybe there was voting fraud. They basically tied anyway. But now New Hampshire one's happening today. By when this is out Wednesday, you guys will know the results. But Romney's going to win for a foregone conclusion. He's way ahead in the polls. But there were two debates within 12 hours of each other over the weekend. And some interesting shit happened. Rick Perry uh, announced that he wants to send troops back to Iraq. War just finished there. He's like, oh, let's start again. I want to... Send them back there so I could be in charge of a war. We're not getting in there. I'd like to be in charge of a couple wars while we still have the financial ability to do so. Perry also has a revolutionary idea. Uh, he wants a part-time Congress. Rick Perry thinks Congress is getting so much done, they should work part-time, get paid less, and go back home to their constituencies. Getting paid less, I'm down for, but part-time, dude. Literally, they're going to come in for like a minute and be like, all right, Taco Bell break, let's do this shit. So that's not... Likely. And, um, Mitt Romney, front runner, kind of snakish. I don't want to call him a snake, but he is a snakish individual. Um, says anything just to win the moment. Will change his views constantly just to win the moment. Here's a sound clip of him saying how Obama's a career politician and how he differs. And then, um, we'll just listen to that clip first. Obama. I happen to believe that if we want to replace a lifetime politician like Barack Obama, who had no experience leading anything, you have to choose someone who's not been a lifelong politician, who has not spent his entire career in Washington, and instead has proven time and again he can lead. Yeah, so that was um, his statement. Let's listen to how Newt Gingrich blasted him pretty damn good. The House Newt Gingrich did not buy it. But, But can we drop a little bit of the pious baloney? The fact is, you ran in 94 and lost. That's why you weren't serving the Senate with uh, 
Rick Santorum. The fact is, you had a very bad re-election rating. You dropped out of office. You had been out of state for something like 200 days preparing to run for president. You didn't have this interlude of citizenship while you thought about what to do. You were running for president while you were governor. You were going all over the country. You were, you were out of state consistently. You then promptly re-entered politics. You happened to lose to McCain, as you had lost to Kennedy. Now you're back running. You've been running consistently for years and years and years. So this idea that suddenly citizenship showed up in your mind, just level with the American people. You've been running for at least since the 1990s. Oh, snapple-dapple. He got smacked down. I like it. Great response. That would make me like Gingrich if he weren't a horrible human being. But he is. Bad guy. We told you before, but just to remind you, left several of his wives while they were sick. Cheated on them. That's not a cool move. Um, bad guy. Raised uh, lots of money from lobbyists. Took a lot of money from uh, Freddie Mac. From Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac? From Freddie Mac, I believe. They're the same thing, pretty much. These mortgage lenders that fucked up the world economy. He's a bad dude. So the one guy that's starting to also, you know, we haven't looked at, and I think his surge is coming is John Huntsman. He skipped Iowa and put all of his chips into the New Hampshire basket. It's called a New Hampshire basket of chips. Why does New Hampshire sound like a sour cream to me? New Hampshire cream. I don't even know. Maybe they make sour cream there? Someone looked that up. Not now, but like in the future. I'm just curious in the back of my mind. But Huntsman, you know, was Obama's ambassador to China during this current term, obviously, during the only term Obama's been in office. He was his ambassador to China, and Romney criticized him on Saturday night's debate for doing that, for serving this Democratic president. And the next morning, 12 hours later, when there was a debate with all of them again, Huntsman spoke to that attack and I think hit Romney in a great way. Let's listen to that clip. China. I was criticized last night by Governor Romney for putting my country first. And I just want to remind the people here in New Hampshire and throughout the United States that I think he criticized me while he was out raising money for serving my country in China. Yes, under a Democrat, like my two sons are doing in the United States Navy. They're not asking who, what political affiliation the president is. I want to be very clear with the people here in New Hampshire in this country. I will always put my country first, and I think that's important. Yeah, that was hardcore right there. I think that's such a great thing he said because that really is so much of what's wrong with our political system is these candidates just attack each other for everything and create this hyper-partisan attitude where you can't even serve our president. Literally, so many Republicans say our number one mission is to make this president fail, not to help people, not to help the country and the citizens we were elected to represent, to make this guy fail. That's a, You say that, you should be kicked out of office. So the fact that, th- that, that Huntsman stood up and, and said this and had this great line that also, should my son's question, should our troops question being loyal to our president? Genius, genius logic progression there. And, uh, Romney just had this kind of goofy robot smile and looked like he was going to short circuit. There may have been some amount of smoke coming out of his, both his balls and his teeth. Thought I saw that happen. That might have been my TV. I have a CGI inducing television that adds things, but I feel like I saw it. He's like, <laughs> you know, something like that. It's hard to really make smoke come to life with sounds coming out of my mouth and my UF, but it doesn't matter. Do you understand the words that come out of my mouth? It's Chris Tucker. It's a horrible Chris Tucker impression, guys. Um, but, uh, I think that's pretty good. Huntsman seems like a pretty good dude overall, generally speaking. Um, 
he is not as odd and fringe as Rick Santorum. Can I read you a couple quotes Rick Santorum has said um, in an article I read in the Huffington Post about strange quotes Rick Santorum said? Here's one of them. He's speaking with caffeinated thoughts in 2011. He said about birth control, one of the things I will talk about that no president has ever talked about before is I think the dangers of contraception in this country. Many of the Christian faith have said, well, it's okay. Contraception's okay. It's not okay. It's a license to do things in the sexual realm that is counter to how things are supposed to be. This guy does not even want birth control or condoms. This guy has never been laid, I'm guessing. No, he has. He has kids. But my point is, it's a sexually repressed dude. We live in America in 2011. This ain't Iran in pre-Iran days when it was Mesopotamia. This is a modern country where people like to get their freak on. Rick Santorum. Santorum, your name is a filthy sexual term. Google Santorum. No joke. Not to be gross, but it's true. Google Santorum. It is a frothy mix of lube and anal something gross. All right? That's what Santorum... Your name means some dirty sexual shit. We should not use condoms. Really, why? So you can keep the frothy lube altogether? I say use condoms and prevent frothy lubes. You crazy son of a bitch. That's just one quote. Another quote he said about gay marriage. He said, and I quote, Is anyone saying same-sex marriage or same-sex couples can't love each other? I love my children. I love my friends, my brother. Heck, I even love my mother-in-law. Should we call these relationships marriage too? No, dickballs. Because it's a different kind of love. You're saying in this statement that gay people cannot actually fall in love with each other. People who choose a lifestyle that is persecuted and hated on and made fun of, you're saying that these people should be able to love their partner kind of like you love your mother-in-law who you hate. That's what they're saying. As a quick side note, all the Republicans who always want to stop gay people from serving in the military, and even though Don't Ask, Don't Tell was recently overturned by Obama, they're so anti it. And they're anti-gay marriage. Here's a thought that I had. They don't want gays to get married. They don't want gays to go to the military where they might get injured or die. They don't want them to get married. Everybody hates fucking marriage. Everybody says marriage ruins their lives. Oh, I'm fucking married, bro. Don't get married as long as you can. I think they love gay people. I think Republicans are in love with gay people and don't want them to ruin their lives. What are they going to say next? I also don't believe gay people should um, mess their hair up with a convertible when driving fast on the freeway. I think gay people should try to avoid long lines. They care so much about gay people. It's so nice. But he had another quote about gay people. Kind of mentioning in the same sentence as man on dog sex. And I quote, If the Supreme Court says that you have the consensual right to gay sex within your home, then you have the right to bigamy. You have the right to polygamy. You have the right to incest. You have the right to adultery. You have the right to anything. Does that undermine the fabric of our society? I would argue, yes, it does. That's not to pick on homosexuality. It's not, you know, man on child, man on dog, or whatever the case may be. It's one thing. Said that in an AP interview in 2003. Uh, I know you're saying it's not man on dog, bro, but you just brought that up out of the clear blue sky, first of all. So you're thinking it in the same lines. Secondly... Because the because the Supreme Court might give you right to have consensual sex in the privacy of your own home, 
You're saying it gives you right to do anything? To cheat on your wife? To lie to people? To marry a bunch of people? No. Because that goes contrary to laws. You can make a law for one thing and still keep other things out loud. That's obvious law sense. I didn't go to no law school. I don't have no law books or law degrees. My name's not Hugh Law Degree. I'm not a fancy lawyer. It's obvious. You can do one thing and still keep other things out loud, you absurd human being. This next clip from Rick Santorum I'd like to play for you. I'm going to have him say it in his own words because it's so odd. He said a statement the other day that was so weird um, while, while stumping and campaigning in New Hampshire. He said, I don't want to make black people's lives better by giving them someone else's money. I want to help them find jobs. I don't want to give them someone else's money. People are like, why would you mention black people randomly? Black people aren't the only ones on welfare. In fact, the majority of people on welfare are not black people. This is how he responded uh, through an article I read on Huffington Post, I believe on CNN. This is how his, he responded to that statement. And the other thing is I've looked at that quote. Uh, and in fact, I looked at the video. And I don't – in fact, I'm pretty confident I didn't say black. What I think – I started to say a word and sort of blew, sort of mumbled it and changed my thought. But I don't, I, I don't recall saying black. No one in that audience, no one listening, no reporter there uh, heard me say that. I think it was, and, and from everything I see, and I've looked at it several times, I was starting to say one word, and I sort of uh, came up with a different word and moved on, and it, uh, and it sounded like black. But I can assure you, uh, if you look at my record. <laughs> but I can assure no you, I did not say black. I can assure you that. Whatever you think. You won't even admit to the saying black now. His comeback for saying something about black people is like, I never even mentioned black people. I would never mention black people. I stumbled. That's what it gave me spill out of my mouth. Black. I meant to say, uh, you, that girl's got a nice rack. And she was in the back of the pizza parlor. And I accidentally mentioned a race of people that I didn't want to mention. I'm so sorry. Um, we got to move off this politics, but there's one more thing you got to know about happened during that, but happened during this last week. That happened during this last week. Michelle Bachman dropped out. Crazy eyes is gone. Michelle Bachman dropped out of the race. I think that's sad. Um, she had a poor, poor showing in the Iowa caucuses. Caucus, by the way, needs to sound less dirty. They got to change that word next election cycle. Caucus. It needs to sound less gross. But um, she dropped out. The night of the Iowa results, she said in her speech, and I'm going to press on. And when I'm in the White House, she was still saying she might make the White House. Next morning, I'm out. Totally out. Way out, guys. Close to nobody's behind me on this thing, so I got—I have no choice but to stop. I, I just really like the bus and my picture on it, though. Can I at least keep the bus? Please, just let me keep the bus. That last part wasn't what she said, but that was her sentiment behind the crazy eyes. You could see. An R&B legend is born. Huge, amazing, exciting hip-hop news this week, you guys. Beyonce and Jay-Z had a baby. Kid is instantly a best-selling recording artist. Um, name's Lil Hova. Album's called Lil Hova's Witness. My favorite track is his remix of 99 Problems. I got 99 problems, but fresh milk ain't one. Tip me. None of that's true. Well, the first part's true. Jay-Z and Beyonce had the baby. That's not even a boy. His name's not Lil Hova. I was a little fake out in that story. I wanted to see if you guys are up on your hip-hop legendary birth news. It was a girl... Named Blue Ivy Carter. And here's what's crazy about it. The couple was so intent on security, Hove and Bebe, that's what I call Beyonce, rented out the entire fourth floor of the hospital in New York, Lenox, uh, Lenox Hill Hospital, for $1.3 million. 
At a certain point in the night, they didn't even let doctors and nurses enter that floor of the hospital. I get they're hip-hop legends, but they're blocking out hospital floors. Cool, you know? Give money to the hospital. That's fine. They even spent another 200000 for a team of private guards. The Chicago Sun-Times reported that. That's fine. Place table for security cameras. Forced employees turn in their cell phones and they arrive for their shifts so they couldn't take pictures of, of, of the Blue Ivy Hova. That's fine. Here's where it gets fucked up, though. Okay? A new dad who's two premature prematurely born twins were at the hospital was repeatedly barred from visiting his prematurely born twins in the intensive care unit because Jay-Z and Beyonce had the area blocked off. Now I get that you're hip hop royalty. I get that you're very important to the world, to the music community. You're my favorite rapper, Jay, but don't stop parents from seeing their kids. One doctor even said that he couldn't visit his patients. Well, I understand you're dying over there in room 12D, sir, but Jay-Z's not into me visiting you right now. They got large coffers. So I'm so sorry, but try to hold out. Try to hold out till they ship out of this hospital. So it's a little insane. It's just this celebrity culture around thinking that their life is more important than other people's lives. It's a little bit absurd to me. Um, it's a little bit crazy. Sure, the kid is probably related to God in some way. But that doesn't mean you can let people know that. I mean, this this all started, I think, just as celebrities started naming their kids weird names. It created this, like, overinflated sense of ego. Uh, a couple of examples. Alicia Silver, uh, Silverstone's child, she named her child Bear Blue Jarecki. Bear Blue? Bear Blue? Come on, what are they, a paint swab? What are they, a... Charles Schwab, Charles Schwab and Investment Bank. What are they? A Chuck Schwab? Who's the, what's the Schwab paint company? Schwab paints. Is Schwab paint thing even at all? I don't even know. I feel like Schwab and paints in my head are connected. Maybe they're not. That's not a good name though. Mariah Carey named her kids Monroe and Moroccan. Monroe's okay. Moroccan. It's a nationality. People from Morocco can be Moroccan. Randomly, people born out of Mariah Carey's vagina. It doesn't make you Moroccan at all. Unless maybe they happened, she gave birth in Morocco. I grant you the name then. But they didn't. She did not. Nick Cannon's afraid of traveling. That's a fact that I made up. Kevin James, comedic actor, named his son Cannon. With a K. What is he, fucking Kardashian? You cannot name C names with Ks unless you're a Kardashian. They have a trademark, guys. It's ridiculous. Um, one bit of, of sad news, but it'll, it's going to come with some jokes hitting your ears in a second. Um, there was a little bit of a tragedy in the comedy community this week. Um, a friend of mine, Josh Adam Myers, was driving in the car away from a gig this week with another buddy of mine, a very talented 26-year-old young comedian named Angelo Bowers, and they were hit by a drunk driver. And um, Josh is in the hospital. He was in critical condition for a while, but he's recovering. But Angelo was tragically killed by the drunk driver. And he was a gifted young comedian. And the reason I'm sharing this with you is so you guys can know about him and you can YouTube him. And um, also I'm sharing it because there is a fundraiser show for Angelo's family and for Josh's hospital bills happening tonight, this Wednesday night, the um, 11th of January at the Comedy Juice Show at the Hollywood Improv. You can buy the tickets at laughstub.com, L-U-G-H-S-T-U-B.com. There are some left. You can come, Aziz Ansari is performing the show, Harlan Williams, Bobby Lee, Chris Porter, Steven Azizi from the league. It's going to be an amazing lineup. I'm going to be there hanging out. 
And um, just so you get a sense of what Angelo's comedy was like, I'd like to play you a little bit of one of his sets that you can find on YouTube. This is Angelo Bowers on stage. It's great to be a comedian. Uh, my parents are very supportive of me. Uh, my parents told me if I worked hard enough, I could be anyone that I wanted to be from the movie Kids. <laughs> I'll tell you a little bit more about myself. My parents are now homeless. It's terrible, I know. They had to sell the family farm. But that was the only way we could pay for my headshots. <laughs> I'm trying to fucking make it in this town, people. <laughs> economy, right? Everyone's talking about the economy in my economy class that I take at Pasadena City College. Uh, uh, a very, very funny man. That's the beauty, at least, of the digital age is he will live on forever in clips on YouTube and you can support him and laugh at his jokes. The guy would have been huge and maybe he still will be um, posthumously. Um, another one of my favorite jokes of his, he goes, People treat you differently when you have diabetes, guys. Written on your forehead in chocolate syrup. It was a hate crime in culinary school. Or another one of his, uh, of his jokes I always loved. He goes, I got a job at Forever 41. It's a lot like Forever 21, except it's called Mervyn's. And maybe, all right, one more. He goes, the other day I was told that I'm a really bad name dropper by my best friend Joe Piscopo. Hilarious. You can follow his jokes at Angelo's Jokes on Twitter. At Angelo's jokes. Um, China further curbing freedoms, everybody. Excessive TV entertainment has been successfully curbed in China. They um, have been moving to ban what they call excessive entertainment by cutting the number of quote-unquote, air quotes, racy programs on their satellite TV channels. And uh, 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 President Hu Jintao said it has been successful. Western culture has been out to attack China. Yeah, that's what is happening, Hu Jintao. We're attacking you with our mob wives. Of all the ways we're attacking you, it is not with our mob wives, okay? They just like to bitch slap each other. Um, but it's good to know that freedom is thriving over there in China. Man boob reduction surgeries on the rise. Breast reductions for men jumped by 80% last year in the UK. Making man boob operations the fastest growing part of the UK's cosmetic surgery industry. Um, you know, women still have most of the cosmetic surgeries, but men are catching up. They're feeling a lot of pressures apparently from photos they see in men's magazines. I know I do. Uh, it's hard to keep up this body. And the way I do it, guys, is with uh, nutrition, lack thereof, and non-moving. And you just, whatever shape you, you kind of form into, that's what you go with. And it's a strict regimen because if you move too much, you lose it. And uh, it's hard to keep still. It's a Buddhist principle, stillness. That's what I do as I get fat, very, very fat with man boobs growing on top of my chest. Right? I mean, in the mid, like in the top middle of my chest. Uh, the first criminal trial, uh, first criminal charges have been filed in the BP oil spill. Thank goodness. Such a horrible natural disaster, most expensive in our nation's history. There were no charges until now. Well, finally, U.S. prosecutors are preparing what will be the first criminal charges against BP employees from the Deepwater Horizon bullshit that happened in 2010. Killed 11 workers, caused the worst offshore oil spill, oil spill our country's ever seen. 
Uh, apparently, prosecutors are, are going to be focusing on several Houston-based engineers and at least one of their supervisors um, at the British Oil Company. And the prosecutors are trying to make a case that the employees may have provided false info to regulators about the risks associated with that well in the Gulf of Mexico while the drilling was in progress. You can't do that shit. And clearly BP, horribly run company from the beginning. You could see the way they handled that recovery effort trying to stop the spill. Even It spilled for like years. That shit spilled for, what was it, like three months straight? It spilled on day 90, still fucking spilling. Remember the second plan on like day 10 that they tried to stop the spill with? The CEO of the company, Tony Hayward, literally said, we're going to try what's called the junk shot. And he literally described on the news what the junk shot was. Their second fucking plan was to try to stop the giant spilling hole in the well by jamming it with golf balls and old tires. Okay, first of all, golf balls and tires are completely different sized items. So how could you jam any hole with with both huge tires and golf balls, first of all? Second question Of all the large items you could use, tires have huge holes in them. How are you stopping any kind of flow with a huge hold item? What was their first plan? We're going to try to stop it with uh, hula hoops. We're going to use inner tubes and hula hoops to stop the flow. Here's a plan. Let's use hula hoops and fruit loops. We're going to use anything big and small that has holes and has no ability to stop shit. That's what we're going to do. I mean, who does the CEO of this fucking company? Wiley Coyote? Kind of Acme bullshit strategy is this man trying to pull off on us? So yeah, people should go to jail. He should probably go to jail because he's the head of the damn company. We have the thunder round coming up in a few minutes, but a couple last stories I want to cover before we do that. Egypt, their first free election in decades, their first free legislative vote. They're trying to, uh, they just had an election to, bring people into their lower house of parliament, and the Muslim Brotherhood has won 41% of the seats so far, while another um, party led by the hardline Islamist Noor party came second with 20% of the seats. Interesting twist, Ron Paul, 7%. But you didn't see that coming, did you? No, no, you did not. Obviously, that's not true. But basically, both Muslim Brotherhood and the Noor party are, are pretty extreme Islamist parties, they believed in strict application of Islamic law, especially the Nor Party does. Both of them hate Israel. That sucks for our ally Israel. I'm half Israeli. It sucks for my family living there. You know, sometimes when revolutions happen, you want people in that country to be free. I'm happy the Egyptian people have their freedoms now. But it kind of sucks when they take their freedoms and decide to oppress other people. It's like, don't you realize when you have your freedoms, you hated not having freedoms and you don't want to then hate another group of people? There's people. I never get when, when groups hate other groups. They assume the individuals in that group are of that group, that they're carrying the cause of that group. They're just human beings living in Israel, just like human beings living in Egypt. Like we say in the intro theme song, Rodney King coined the most genius phrase ever. Can't we all just get along? Can't we all just get along? Rodney King also coined the phrase, please stop tasing my testicles. You're tasing my testicles. I'm on crack and the combination is tripping me out, bro. He coined those two phrases, one more impactful than the other. That's that story. Iran wants us out of the Persian Gulf. It's a very interesting story that will involve pirates in moments, so stand by. Uh, Iran keeps threatening they can close the Strait of Hormuz, which is one of the biggest, like we said before, one of the most important outlets for oil from the Middle East. 
Just them threatening to close it pushed up oil prices 6% this week. And Iran said to us, do not send your aircraft carrier back into the Gulf. We've had carriers in this Gulf patrolling it for years. And just a couple days later, forces in our aircraft carrier, the USS John C. Stennis, their strike group helped save 13 Iranian fishermen from Somali pirates. Days after Iran said, get away, we don't want you here, we saved their ass from fucking pirates. 13 of them were saved from fucking pirates. So you don't want us there off one dinner job? Good luck with the fucking pirates. Good luck getting your dudes out of the grips of fucking pirates. You know, we can do good. We can all get along, dude. And now these pirates are now on our aircraft carrier, and the U.S. is trying to consider uh, options for prosecuting them. Here's an idea. Don't prosecute them. Every pirate you capture, you replace one of their hands with a hook, make them wear an eye patch, and if they don't speak in only a pirate voice from that point forward, I'm talking like a full R style, obviously no choice but to make them walk the fucking plank. That's the choice. That's pirate justice. They don't live in the normal world of justice. They live in pirate justice land. So try to keep that in mind. Um, also this week, Ahmadinejad visited Venezuela and Hugo Chavez, another world leader who hates America. And they joked about having the nuclear bomb. Chavez, who likes to rile it up, said, and I quote, despite those arrogant people who do not wish us to be together, we will unite forever. I'm sorry, that was a quote from uh, Ahmadinejad to Chavez. They don't wish us to be together, but we will unite forever in our love. Sounds like they're about to fuck, doesn't it? Sounds like they're about to fuck. Both men hugged, were beaming, held hands, and showered each other with praise. Look, if you're not going to fuck, you shouldn't be holding hands and showering with each other. I'm just saying. And Chavez then joked about maybe they already have a bomb. He goes, that hill over there will open up and a big atomic bomb will come out. The two men said it while laughing. He said, Ahmadinejad and I are going into the Miraflores basement right now to set our sights on Washington and launch cannons and missiles. It's laughable. Well, thank you for ending that with it's laughable, because otherwise that's creepy as fuck. So thankfully you said it's laughable and you're joking, I hope. But um, please don't bomb us, okay? Please, please don't bomb us, because brute force is scary and none scarier than when it's directed at five-year-olds. What? Let me explain, Lucy. Slow down. A five-year-old girl in Charlton, Massachusetts this week had police with and with guns come to her house because she had two overdue library books. Is this the right appropriation of funds? We got terrorists on the loose. We got bad guys in the streets. We're sending armed cops to return, to retrieve library books. You can understand, you see, this young girl was, was shocked. How does she handle something like this? I'll let her tell you in her own words, because her words are shocking, and her words make it so clear and so eloquent why this kind of thing can't be done. Let's see what was going through her mind. I was scared. You heard her, you heard her guys. She was scared. How are you going to make a little girl scared? She's a young girl sitting there having her applesauce and playing in the... In the chimney or with little dolls, whatever kids do, and all of a sudden cops come in with guns and you make this girl scared. You can't treat young children this way. What's their relationship going to be like with law enforcement? She's trying to read and better herself. And you run in there 
guns blazing, making her scared. You can't make that feeling happen for girls. I used to be scared when I was a kid. You know how it made me feel? You guessed it. Scared. That's how I would feel in my life. So let's stop that. Now let's do 15 seconds of game. The last week on Earth, super brief sports update. One notable story this week, Tim Tebow. We've talked about it before. He is a very religious man, very religious, fundamentalist Christian man, believes that uh, Jesus is connected directly to him. He prays in the sidelines. Um, he had the the uh, the Bible passage, John 3.16, on his eyes during his college championship BCS game in 2009. And in this game that he just won in the wild card um, AFC playoff game, over the weekend, miraculously won. Weird thing, he threw for 316 yards passing, averaged 31.6 yards per pass in the game. So I'm a little creeped out by that. I don't really believe necessarily the man's connected to God, but I'm a little creeped out that his favorite Bible passage is coming through in his stats. But basically all you need to know about this story is that he's the quarterback for the Denver Broncos. People thought he was going to suck. He had no skills. Then all of a sudden had six miraculous wins in a row. People all thought it was thanks to God's interference. Then three losses. Maybe because God's fantasy team was already out of the running. Who knows? And then in this first round of playoffs, the AFC wildcard game, in an overtime, sudden death overtime, he throws a miraculous pass, one of the first plays of the overtime, and they win the game. They're moving on the playoffs. What's the greater message here? It's simple. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. And the Lord giveth again if it's a sudden death overtime in the AFC wildcard game. It's an obscure Bible passage, but it's in there if you read the fine print. Justin Bieber gets a Jesus tattoo on the back of his leg. Huge Jesus tattoo. Because that's where Jesus wants to be. The back of Bieber's leg. It's like a huge six-inch tall one of those super sad, sad looking crown of thorns wearing Jesus's. Permanently on the back of a 17-year-old's calf. When he's having sex with Selena Gomez, Jesus has to be involved but looking away. So he doesn't even get to see it, yet he has to hear it. I don't feel like Jesus should have to deal with any of that. I feel like Jesus should be able to be free of teenage sex, personally. That's my belief. But I'm not religious, so, you know, maybe that's, maybe Jesus isn't, maybe that's the only action Jesus can get. I don't know. I'm just saying. It's not the way I would go. Also, in recent surveys, Gleber fever outranking Bieber fever 9 to 1. That is a scientific survey. And speaking of religious tattoos, you're not the only one who can do it, Bieber. I could top you in everything. I have a tattoo of Moses on my ass. Holding the Ten Commandments, Bieber. Five commandments on each cheek. That's how I roll. It's time for the Thunder Round. <laughs> It's the Thunder Round. Here we go. Why Thunder Round? Because you cannot hear lightning, people. Papa John's calls a woman Lady Chinky Eyes on her receipt. Min Hee Cho went to Papa John's for some fast food late night, a little pizza. She did not expect her receipt to be racist. It said under the person's name part of the receipt, Lady Chinky Eyes. The assistant manager who Huffington Post reached to question them for a comment in the story uh, her name was Marjani, said she was unaware of the incident, but said 
And I quote, I apologize. I'm sure they didn't mean any harm, but some people will take it offensive. Some people? You mean Lady Chinky Eyes will take it offensively? What do you mean some people? Everybody will take that offensively. It's a nice Asian woman. You're calling her offensive slurs. She all she wants is your pizza, okay? What are you upset? She's not ordering Chinese food? How could you even think that? She said she has a good idea which employee it is. And he will have disciplinary action. How do you not immediately fire that person? Well, my action will be I will tell him not to do that on written items that could be handed to the Oriental customer. Say it in privacy of our own words, but not in front of the customer in writing. Not going to visit that, Papa John's. And neither should you. Neither should you guys. Daniel Radcliffe, life after Harry Potter. In a story this week, he was talking about how he's trying to move on from the series, move on to better films. Can he move on in his life? He can. One piece of advice, you got to learn how to smile better, buddy. Ever seen Radcliffe smile? Looks like a total goof bomb. I mean, this guy smiles so eagerly, over eagerly. Maybe you try smiling with just the upper teeth, like normal people, instead of with all 800 of your magical chompers, all right? How about that idea? Hello, I'm Harry Potter. Here are my teeth. I've never even seen the movies. Does he even speak in a British accent? Thank God. I think he does. I know you're magical, bro. Assimilate a little bit. Turtles high-fiving. What? Yeah. Video online this week. You may have seen it. Two sea turtles high-fiving each other underwater. Does this mean turtles are evolving into human-like creatures and are going to take over? No, it does not. Next story. Tuna sells for three-quarter of a million dollars. A bluefin tuna caught off northeastern Japan fetched a record 56.49 million yen, equaling $736,000 in the first auction of the year at Tokyo's Tsukiji Fish Market. 593-pound fish. Guy owns a big sushi restaurant chain, bought it, and said he did it because he wants to liven up Japan and help it recover from last year's devastating tsunami and economic stagnation. The Japanese people responded, thank you? Seems to me you want to help the country return from economic stagnation, give that almost million dollars to help people, not to buy a fish. The bluefin tuna is not in danger, but it's in danger of being endangered. And the reason for it? Delicious. I've said this before, but they're very tasty. If creatures want to be eaten less, you got to get less tasty, guys. You gotta figure a way to reduce the taste level in your body. Cause you keep being so tasty, people are gonna keep eating you. Who wants to be a fake millionaire? Man, uh, Michael Anthony Fuller of Lexington, North Carolina, facing felony charges after trying to pay for $476 worth of purchases at the local Walmart with, get this, a fake million dollar bill. A million dollar bill. This guy's the most chemically imbalanced low intelligence quotient criminal ever how about a hundred dollar bill get 10 fake hundreds pay with a million million dollar bill that doesn't exist you're paying you may as well pay with monopoly money ass face here's a red bill and a pink bill i'd like to pay for my medical services please no you're a cartoon person what are you talking about a million the biggest bill ever to exist was a hundred thousand dollar bill briefly printed in the 1930s okay after the Roaring Twenties, people were were really in, into, like, extravagance. It's also Depression-era time, so, you know. 
They didn't keep that bill around for long. A man got arrested this week with an amazing name. His name legally changed. Is Bezo Dudu Zapity Bop Bop Bop. Bezo. The man's name. His last name alone is Zapity Bop Bop Bop. What was he arrested for? Tried to purchase drugs. He was arrested, guys. Found with drug paraphernalia and possession of marijuana in Madison, Wisconsin. I'm surprised. It's a big shocker. That man with that name busted for weed. I would have thought it would have been high-level espionage. No, it's a weed story. It's so weird to me. Uh, it's a pretty gangster name. Zoppity Bop Bop's Facebook page says he includes, he enjoys activities including eating, standing, walking, thinking, and diamond. Which, I hate to point this out, diamond is not a fucking activity. It is a thing. What's the difference between nouns and activities? Okay? Very stupid person. What we're going to do now, since that is the end of our thunder round, we're going to go to Twitter and check in with the people. Yeah, I asked you guys on Twitter this week and on Facebook, I asked you what was the best part of your last week and what was the worst part of your last week. I'm going to share some answers that were intriguing to me, and our show will be over. Some of the worst things happened during those of you last week who are listening to this show. Lindsay Mongosa said, Monday morning sales meeting via conference call to kick off 2012. Found out I'm getting canned because they posted my job online as open. LOL. Ah, uh, that sucks balls. That sucks balls. I appreciate your cheery spirit about it. Um, because of your hardship, you win a free download of this podcast. You know what? Fuck it. Free unlimited downloads of this podcast to help you through your trouble. Seriously, the best of luck getting a new job. Ashley Stevens Allen said, one of my mentally ill patients asked me if I was pregnant. When I told him that I was not pregnant, he told me it would be wise for me to go on a diet. Ashley, I resisted looking at your pictures because I don't want to weigh in on this weighty topic. But let's just assume he's mentally ill. And the opposite of what he said is true. I say you keep eating, keep on trucking, ignore this man, okay? Um, a person on Twitter whose handle is at ekneknecknecknecken. It's almost as bad as zippity bop boobops said, my worst part of last week, accidentally pulled the emergency alarm for disabled people instead of the toilet flush. Ah, uh, it's a common mistake. I don't even know what that means, really. What, what, what does it mean, an alarm for disabled people? I'm just picturing disabled people running all over the place, which is difficult for them because, well, maybe maybe they are disabled, so it's hard for them to run. That's what I think. So if you're disabled and you're, you hear an alarm, maybe don't move and think to yourself, it's probably a mistake. That's the worst advice you can give people. Uh, if you hear an alarm, disabled people probably run. It might be a mistake, but probably exit the building. I'm, I'm adjusting my advice. The best part of last week, TK Lloyd 23 on Twitter said, my ex wanted me back. Instead, I slept with a much older man. I replied on Twitter. I said, do you feel good about the decision? 
How was it? She responded, best sex of my life. And the ex is a heartbreaker. I think I'll take my friend's advice. She never sleeps with anyone under 35. I'm 33, so I'm out. I let her know that on Twitter. She, re- she replied, close enough. So I guess we're going to fuck. Let's do it. I want to make love in this club. In this club. I'm not even in a club. And I've never met you. I'm not going to make love to you. But we could be friends. Green Bay Luby on Twitter said to me, best part of last week, they finally stopped playing Christmas music at work. A uh, little grinchy, but I feel you, though. We do have a lot of Christmas music hitting our ears. I'm not sad that it's done. Because I can always sing it in my own mind. You can do that at home, too. If you ever get sad, feel like you're missing Christmas songs, sing them in your own mind and realize you have a bad singing voice. And then just play one on Pandora or on the YouTube. That's the advice I have for you. Grace Sharon said, realized yesterday I hadn't put on underwear since last year. So that happened. Um, Grace, I don't know if that's the best thing of the last week or worst thing of the last week. Part of me thinks that's super hot. Part of me thinks that's a little gross. I don't really know what it means. Hopefully you're, you are showering throughout that week and just going commando because you want to be a free spirit. Uh, so more investigation has to be done. And lastly, Megan Sperry said, seeing my nephew laugh after he threw up on me. Um, how I interpret this one really depends on how old your nephew is. He's 12, 15. The guy's a dick. I would not hang out with him much. Um, we have to hope he's a young child who can't help his throwing up habits. And um, we'll be back in a week. We'll have a guest next week. We'll have a great guest, surprise guest. I'll tell you maybe on Twitter a day before. Maybe I won't. It's not booked yet, but it'll be huge, I promise. Um, it'll be great. It'll be a great guest. And um, speaking of children, I will leave you with no joke. I joked that Beyonce and Jay-Z's new baby is a recording artist already. He actually is. She. She actually is. Blue Ivy is a recording artist. Jay-Z just released a song over the weekend, not moments after his kid was born. The song is called Glory. And in this little sample you're going to hear of the song, the end you hear a baby crying. That is his child. Already a hit recording artist. You can only hear it here on Last Week on Earth or also all over the Internet. It's an exclusive for us. Um... Follow me at Ben Glebe on Twitter. Hashtag last week on earth if you have any questions, comments, suggestions for stories. Until last week, next week, this has been Last Week on Earth. The most amazing feeling I feel. Words can't describe what I'm feeling for real. Baby, I paint the sky blue. My greatest creation was you. This has been a production of Smodcast Internet Radio.